The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Filing for unemployment uh, benefits went up a little last week. That's the first time it's gone up since uh, since this whole thing started. It's been ticking down, and now it's ticked up again because, uh, you know, businesses are starting to close down again all across the country. So all right. The reason for that. It's rough. Speaking of rough, for those of you who live in liberal areas already know this, but things have gotten so ugly and weird the Cato Institute just did a big poll. I'll give you one sample. We'll talk about this at a bit more length in a few minutes. But among strong liberals, 50% believe their business should fire anybody who's a Trump supporter. Holy cow. Can't wait to hear that. Are you kidding me? We'll talk about that coming Yikes. up. Yikes. So I was thinking about this as I was in bed last night, uh, as it took me many hours to get to sleep, all the adrenaline going from uh, having my house almost burned down. And I was thinking about how the good things in life uh, generally occur fairly slowly and, uh, and, and happen in a planned fashion. They unfold that way. And, uh, getting married, having kids, all those kind of things, the, the, the impactful good things that happen, vacations, whatever they are. You see them coming. You plan for them. You grind in that direction, and finally you get there. The really awful things that happen in your life seem to come out of the blue and are often over in a couple of seconds or minutes, and you spend the rest of your life thinking, what the hell was that, or I should have done this, or whatever. And, it, you know, uh, horrifying accidents, crimes, all that sort of stuff, they unfold so quickly. And we had that happen with a fire on our property yesterday. We live on 20 acres and we live in a part of the country where it's, you know, incredible dry grass. We have basically the same landscape as they did up in Paradise, California, where you, you hear about that town getting wiped out last year and all those people dying. And um, and everybody's very careful about it, and there are rules to follow and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, you just always assume it's going to happen to somebody else. And we don't know how this started. 
Um, still haven't figured that out yet, but I'm uh, laying in bed with uh, Henry, my youngest. Got getting him to sleep. It's about seven thirty. Coming off a, a medical procedure the last couple of days. He's on a lot of medicine. I'm hanging out with him. And my son Sam comes in the room and starts waving his arms. And I said, shh, be quiet. You know, I didn't know what he, what he needed. You know, right. the dog is peed on the floor or whatever. Sure. Shh. And he's like waving his arms. No, don't be. be, be. And I, I get up. I, I get up quietly as Henry's about to go to sleep. And come out. And he said, the field's on fire. I said, the what? The field's on fire. So I, I go out the door. And I see over, and there's a lot of smoke over there on the on the, on the front of our field, um, and uh, but but you know, looking manageable ish, not good because uh, you know I've heard about how these things can spread and mm-hmm. whatnot, and it's windy, and you know this is going to be a crisis, and uh, and I start uh, jogging toward it, kind of thinking, okay, what am I going to do about this exactly? And I'm thinking about where are hose bibs and where are hoses, and what can I turn on and off, and how big a deal is this exactly, and other. And I said, have you called the fire department? And, and Laura's on the phone right then. Yeah, I'm, I'm on 911 right now. I've called the fire department. And I'll sort of say, okay, so I'm thinking, okay, I need to. And then I start jogging over. Well, I could get a hose. I turn. I remember I turned. I think I, I thought I could get that hose and that hose and hook them together. Maybe it would reach part. And then when I turn back around, it's 10 times as big as it was oh. 20 seconds ago. Oh, And that amount of time, it was okay this is full on. Okay, so then I'm uh, realizing okay, the fire department's going to be coming, and I'm thinking they got to get in some gates. And I jump in my truck, and I'm going down. I'm going to open up gates so they can get in the property somehow because they wouldn't know where to drive in. Right. And uh, and by the time I get in my truck and I come down the driveway, it's twice as big as it was a minute ago, and it's just so much smoke everywhere. And it's so hard to see and even have any idea what's going on and how big the fire is. And when I get around to the front of the property, I get on the other side of the wind. I can see how big it is, and it's it it is it is quite a large fire. Um, it probably covers a quarter of an acre at that point. And um, uh, I get around, and uh, the fire uh, people start arriving. Thank God! And I mean, this made all the difference in the world. If I lived a couple of miles down the road, I probably wouldn't have a home. I live a couple of golf shots away from a volunteer fire department. Oh, boy. And they got over there with trucks pretty damn fast. And they are really good at what they do. So it must be one of those volunteer places that's staffed. I don't know. I didn't, or, I, there was, I didn't nail down how that even worked. Because usually, uh-huh. they, usually they blow a whistle. We hear the whistle all the time. And people come driving in who are part of the volunteer fire department. And they go do their thing. I don't know if there are people already there or if they got that there that fast. I, I don't have any idea. I know one guy is a neighbor of ours. Um that I'd never met before, he, he later said to my wife, he said, yeah, my wife said, I think it's the place that's got the goats. we got to get over there. they got a lot of goats. Mm. Um, but Laura had run around and opened the gates for all the animals and um, uh, was uh, gathering up stuff. And I went over and started to de- was trying to deal with the fire a little bit, and, but, but, and it was moving so fast. It was so loud. That was one thing I had. it was surprising to me. It was just crushingly loud. Like you couldn't yell and be heard. The roar of the, the roar crackling of the fire. And, yeah. wow. It was just a, and wow. the, it, it moved so fast across the field and got to this line of trees we've got along our really long driveway, and these green, well watered trees just turned into bombs, just flame bombs. It's just, yeah. it was just, I was like, how is this even happening? And I thought, Laura's got to get out of here. I ran back toward the house and realized she'd already gone. She had the kids and the dogs and a goat in my SUV and had already driven down the driveway. I found out later through smoke and flames because the flames were going across our driveway. 
and uh, and got out of there, and the kids are screaming, and they they were afraid I was going to die because they didn't know where I was. Oh, man. But there was one point where I had I had gotten a long hose over, and I was spraying on the field and the uh, the trees that were on fire, trying to keep it to cross our driveway because I just felt if it crosses our long driveway, it's we're we're doomed. Which turns out the fire department said, yeah, if it had gotten across your driveway, I think we it, we, it wouldn't have stopped until it got to road. I'm not going to give the name. Yeah, like three properties down and a mile down. He said, I don't think we'd have stopped it until it got down there if it had crossed your driveway. Yikes. And I'm standing out there at the hose, and I'm just trying to get closer and closer, and it's hot. I mean, the flames are hot, and I can't breathe. And once the wind turned, and I got covered with smoke, and I kind of put my head down, and I'm holding the hose, and then I realize I can't breathe anymore, and i got to get out, and I didn't know which direction was out. Then I'm kind of stumbling around and everything like that, and it's just black. And I look down, and my shoes are, part of my tennis shoes are melted, and I'm trying to figure out how to get out of here, and then I just just stumble far enough into, and I'm coughing, and I got the hose and everything like that. Well, then this fire chief vehicle comes comes flying down the driveway. He just comes out of the smoke, which I later realize that was probably the scariest thing that happened the whole night, the most danger we had, because my wife drove blind down the driveway in the smoke, and, and the fire chief told me, he said, I just took a, he just, I took he said, I took a flyer. I didn't know how long your driveway was where it was on the other side, but I couldn't see anything. If they had, oh. at the same time, been going 35 miles an hour and hit head on, that would have been, that that was the biggest. Jiminy. That was the biggest opportunity for, for disaster oh. right there. I mean, and, that, and it was three minutes apart, yeah. maybe at most. I don't even know how long any of this took. I think the whole thing lasted 15 minutes, but it seemed like a lifetime. But when I was in that smoke with the hose, I had, I've only had that feeling a couple of times in my life where I thought, this might be it. This might be it. Yeah. This might actually be. And I know that's what people f- think before they uh, die. Mm-hmm. If you've ever read The Perfect Storm, there's a whole bunch of people that survive drowning. Some of them die and come back to life, and uh, Jesus is like, and, uh, and, and, or think they're going to die. And that is what people think before they're going to die. Mm-hmm. Wow, this might actually be it. And then it is it. People, you know, died. That's what they were thinking before they died. But anyway, oh I was thinking this might actually be it. This might actually be it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then when I got out of the smoke and was able to to get enough air to breathe, and I thought this might a- we might actually lose our place here. This might actually happen here. Um. Uh. And 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 you know, and I was kind of, at first I had a bit of a feeling of what do I grab? What do I grab? And I thought, ah, screw it. It's just. <laughs> there's no time. And what the hell difference does it make anyway? Right. Um. Right. But I got the hose on the trees and stuff like that, and I feel like with the hose, I will tell you, if you ever one of these situations, a hose does a lot more good than I thought it would. I was thinking, is this ridiculous? Is this going to do any good mm. against this roaring fire Just and the wind and everything like that? Just a regular garden hose. It actually was making a dent. I could tell. So it's worth it if you if you ever in that situation. It's not but worth I'm, catching on fire, but no, it's not worth dying over. Right, but yeah. um, if you can safely. F- do that yeah but i think i kept it from spreading that direction and then the fire crews with their big trucks and tankers were coming from the other way and eventually they got on top of it and 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 got it out and it it kept popping up various places and we'd run around with hoses and try to put it out and i don't know how many vehicles there were told total there at the end eight ten vehicles 30 people something like that how much you burn total do you suppose it was two acres 
which, you know, if I heard on the news about a fire, two acres, I think, okay, that's no, a nothing. No, no, no. Two that's, acres. That's well, the, and the thing is, it's on fire at once. Yes. The two acres on fire at once is a lot of flame and a lot of heat and a tremendous amount of smoke. Yeah. Laura showed me a picture she took from the fire station of her house, and I thought, holy cow, that's what it looked like while I was inside it. And uh, it was, you know, it's just, if it had been a windier day, and and I, I told the fire guy, I said, I think if we'd have gotten at this 10 minutes later, it'd have been over. He said, oh, yeah, 10 minutes later, there would have been no stopping it. Yeah, yeah. It's just amazing stuff like that that happens in your life. Well, growing exponentially, like you were describing, 10 minutes is forever. I was talking to the fire guy later. I said, I, I do broadcasting for a living. I said, if there's anything I could do where, like, I go give speeches to homeowners or something like that <laughs> and explain to them, like, I thought I knew how fast fire moved and what a big deal. No, you have no idea. It goes from, oh, it's a little fire over there in a corner, to you can't control it in a blink of an eye. Yeah. And then it's, you're going to lose everything you've got in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. And it was a windy night, but nothing compared to the kind of wind we often have. And that was another lucky thing. If it had been one of those really windy nights, no stopping it. No, no freaking chance. Wow. And uh, there were goats running around, and <laughs> dogs running around, and I, uh, I don't know what we were going to do. I've got to ask you, Laura grabbed the one goat. Do the other goats resent that? <laughs> Are there going to be goat morale problems? Is the one goat going to be uh, looked down upon by the other goats? A goat coup. Yeah, yeah I exactly. I think it was one of those. Oh, uh, like, here comes the king of the goats, they'll say, is the one goat. <laughs> I think it was one of those. She didn't, even, she didn't even know what she was doing at the time, just yeah. like throwing stuff in the car. Yeah. They saw a living thing and grabbed it. They couldn't get a hold yeah. of the dogs. Dogs were running around like crazy, and Sam tackled one of the pugs, and, <laughs> and they got uh, and got it in the vehicle, and they're all screaming and crying, and... I'm glad she took the initiative to drive out when she did because it 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 got so much worse so fast. I ran back to the house to say you've got to go now, but she was already gone. Thank God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be damned. That's something I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it looks like if it if it gets bigger than that because it was it was hellish. Just hellish. It took me so long to calm down from that. Well, I can't imagine. Near misses are so... I, I, I've almost had motorcycle wrecks before where I had to pull over and sit down on the curb for a while to like gather myself before right. I could drive on. Yeah. And this was like one of those. Well, and, and you went to sleep in the very place where you know the craziness had happened, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's... Man, you sleep with one eye open and both ears. Oh, I did. I had the shades open and I kept waking up, looking out the window to see if it started oh. back up again and... Oh God! It was something. It was absolutely freaking crazy. Those volunteer firefighters, though, they were they were good at what they did, and thank God for them. And I don't know if I sent them a fruit bouquet or uh, gift cards. Or I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation, but holy cow! Without them, I'd have been doomed. With I mean, without a doubt. Yeah, I, yeah, that's noble work, man. The oh, volunteer yeah. firefighter. Oh yeah. Heck yeah. Whew. Wow. Well, glad everybody's all right. House still standing, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, we, I got a mower. That burnt to nothing. We had a, uh, some boxes from UPS had delivered some big boxes full of stuff. Laura's not sure what was in them. She's going to have to check the tracking or whatever. They're just gone. There's no evidence that they ever existed. Mm. And I had a mower parked over there, like a string mower. It's like a $600 mower or something like that. And it's just <clears throat> oh, some of the frame is there because those fires get so hot. And it's metal. And it's metal. Wow. They get so hot when the wind's blowing and it's just it is just gone. 
I don't know if I'm going to make a claim on the insurance or even try. I don't. I don't know. I haven't figured any of this out yet. But. Right. Uh, like and like I kept telling the, the the kids as we were going to bed and trying to calm down. You know, everybody's fine. Everybody's fine. And yeah. that's that's fine. We'd buy. We'd get new stuff if everything disappeared and burnt down. We'd get new stuff. Yeah. It'd take a while, but everything. The important thing is everybody's fine. Next family lecture on fire safety, they'll have uh, attentive listeners. I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. I don't know what you do. Have a giant tanker truck parked on your property. It's excellent advice. That might be if you could afford it. Good Lord. Anyway. Or just live on rock. Nothing but rock. All I, don't know how, gravel. I don't know how long it'll take me to calm down from this. <clears throat> like my heart, I feel like is still, my heart rate is still elevated from it. I did so much running around, a man at my age and in poor shape, running from here to there and getting another hose and trying to get it together and stuff like that. And I just breathe this hard and I'm covered in smoke. And, and oh. my shoes are hot. And it's, Oh, it's freaking crazy. That's good you didn't have a heart attack. Um, don't don't bother with a stress test at the cardiologist. There's no need for one. Uh, attitudes about race and how scary it is to speak your mind in the modern day and all uh, kinds yeah, of just stuff. politics in general. Yeah, a uh, great poll out from Cato. It will shock you. catch up on a whole bunch of different stuff stay tuned yes indeedy we uh have a short segment here but we can at least get started on this uh, cato poll that is it's revealing and it's a little bit shocking it's also i think a great example of one of those things um that the people who need to hear it can't hear it and if they do hear it they don't care (laughs) it's like this this building, they're doing their best with the COVID deal, right? Uh, and there are signs everywhere about, you know, washing your hands and distancing and masks. And there, there's uh, the hand goo dispensers, although the one there by the bathroom has been empty for two days. Nice try. Anyway, uh, there's a sign, sign in the elevator about COVID. Point number one is don't discriminate against Asians. They're no more likely to. Be. That's point number one. And, and I'm thinking, all right, anybody who would is a moron. And is immune to your reasoning. So what's the point of it? Having said that, 62% of Americans say they have political views they're afraid to share. For instance, well, this is not a for instance, this is why. 50% of people who call themselves strong liberals support firing Trump donors from their jobs. Wow, I I feel like I must call upon my greatest uh, capacity for eloquence to to talk about this here. If you think somebody who believes differently than you, politically speaking, maybe kicks a few bucks to a campaign, is so loathsome a human being that they should be fired from your company, even though. That political belief won the last election. You're mentally ill. Wow, that is something. I've been following some of the uh, conversations about free speech. We'll have to get into that coming up because there are different views on that. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. 
And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Texted, what if it had started at night? Yeah, trust me, we've thought of that. Hey, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't know until it was too later. What if we'd gone out to eat? Everything'd be gone. Anyway, you're just it's not. In. Wildfire about engulfed Jack's uh, house last night. Oh. So, 62% of Americans say they have political views they're afraid to share. Um, and mentioned the, the key statistic here is that 50% of staunch liberals support firing Trump donors, which is just insane. Who did this? Cato, the Cato Institute, which is, uh, if you had to label them, I suppose you'd say libertarian. They're all over the map. They're they're hard to predict. 
Yeah, I don't, also, I don't always agree with them. No, I don't either. And they're also famously open-minded. Yeah. Um, but uh, self-censorship is on the rise. The, today's word, the word of the day is militant. Militant. I'm going to use this word a lot more. The, the, the so-called protesters in, um, in, in Portland, in Seattle, in Chicago, in Oakland, San Francisco at times, are militants. The word militant means combative and aggressive in support of a political or social cause and typically favoring extreme, violent, or confrontational methods. That is precisely the word for those so-called protesters. They're militants. But anyway, I'll go through some of these stats for you. Uh, The percentage of Americans who fear to say what they think, it crosses partisan lines. Majorities of Democrats, 52%. And independents, I'm sorry, this is the percentage of people who have political opinions they're afraid to share. 52% of Democrats, 59% of independents, and 77% of Republicans fear to share what they think. Strong liberals stand out as the only political group who feel they can express themselves. (laughs) I can tell you why that is. (laughs) Well, yeah, sure. Well, I'll tell you. You can turn on the TV and see uh, people in suits and ties and uh, women in uh, business attire that agree with you. So you assume everybody feels the same way. Well, that's part of it. About six in ten of staunch liberals feel they can say what they believe. I I would say it's more like this. I grew up in, in, in Chicagoland, and you're either a Cubs fan or a Sox fan. If it were the case that Cubs fans said, ah, oh, socks suck, but Sox fans would beat you to death for being a Cubs fan, Cubs fans would be more hesitant to say, I love the Cubbies. In this ridiculous scenario, the Sox fans are much more militant. They are combative and aggressive, typically favoring extreme violent or confrontational methods. That's an excellent it's, point. It's about militancy. Uh, slim majority. What's changed? In 2017, most centrist, centrist liberals felt confident they could express their views. 40, 54%. Now it's down to 48. It's, you know, a substantial, not a huge move, but a substantial move in two and a half years. The share who feel they cannot be open increased seven points. In fact, there have been shifts across the board where more people among all political groups feel like they are walking on eggshells. Although strong liberals are the only group that feel they can say what they believe, uh, they sh- the share who feel pressure to self-censor censor rose 12 points from 30 to 42% in 2020. Uh, so, moderates, a similar rise. Uh, conservatives, uh, almost exactly, well, seven points. The one that, that bothers me the most, I mean, it, it'd be nice to have a, a climate, I guess, well... I was going to say, it'd be nice to have a climate where you thought if you brought up at a backyard barbecue, you know, I, I'm for X. Oh, you're one of those. Huh? <laughs> and that's it. Right. And everybody was comfortable with it. Uh, but I don't want to be at a barbecue where anybody talks about politics at all, uh, actually. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't used to come up very often. It, no. just, it just almost never came up. For reasons we've discussed. Yeah. People, you had to get six deep, seven deep on their descriptors of themselves before you would get to your political affiliation. And then I'm not sure you would care. I'd say, I'd say, you know, husband, dad, Christian, American, in whatever order, blah, blah, blah. And then I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I tend to swing conservative. I think I would only have mentioned it if you asked. But if it now, was a box to check, I don't, you know, it wasn't right. that many years ago, you just wouldn't even have put that down. Wouldn't have occurred to me. Yeah, um, but now, Facebook and Twitter, often that's people's first line. It's just a change in the culture. 
And oh, so on the thing of um, uh, they think people should. Oh, I, I'm just about to get to the punishing okay. part. Yeah. Young Americans are also more likely than older Americans to support punishing people at work for personal donations to Trump, the Trump campaign. 44% of Americans under 30 support firing executives if they donate to Trump. Oh, my God. We, we, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at me, and I'm looking at the fact that we didn't know what was going on in our schools. We allowed the radical left to raise and indoctrinate our children. And they're still doing it. Yeah, yeah. 44% of people under 30 support firing executives if they donate to Trump. That is so Looney Tunes. I feel like there would have to be a good hour-long conversation before we could even get down to what we're talking about. You would have to explain to kids... Oh, look, that there are always two sides. Sometimes they disagree with each other a lot, but it should not shock you to the point of wanting to punish people that those people exist. Unless they've been indoctrinated into believing that those people are are, are patently evil. Right. Um, some, of, some more of these uh, who should get punished numbers, which are a little bit disturbing, coming up in a second. But uh, during troubled times, you want to have good, solid home security. I do. It's important, uh, but you don't want the expensive install. You don't want the long, expensive contract. You want Simply Safe. Well, one thing you need is a system you'll actually use. A lot of home security systems are so complicated that people just don't use them on a regular basis. You think, I don't want to go through the 15 minutes of setting this thing up tonight. Screw it. Uh, Simply Safe is the best overall home security of 2020, according to U.S. News World Report. Partially, partially because it, it is so simple to set up and use, and you will actually use it. Yep. 50 cents a day or so, 24-7 professional monitoring. Get free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee, and they mean it at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. The installation is is uh, instant. It's easy. It's effortless. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, so they know we sent you, and simply is S-I-M-P-L-I, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's a good idea. Do it. So this fits into a conversation I've been uh, following on some podcasts about free speech. Um, there, there's a, a disagreement in conservative circles about what the free, whole free speech thing should mean. And you regularly hear people throw around, you know, I have free speech, I have the right to free speech. And we we have uh, mocked it many times over the years because it's, you know, constitutionally, it's uh, Congress shall pass no law infringing upon somebody's free speech. But right. that's all it says. Right. But there are people in the conservative circles that argue we've got a culture of free speech that we've had in this country for many years, and it's the culture of free speech that we need to work on protecting also. Mm-hmm. They're beyond just the and, – and some other people say, no, that's, that's – you know, people get to do what they want to do. That's part of having free speech is reacting to other people's speech however they want. And as, as long as Congress isn't passing a law stopping it, mm-hmm. people can say anything they want and react to anything that they want. Mm. Um, I see now, it as two different questions, and I think tolerance is a virtue. The Supreme Court did decide that donating to political campaigns is free speech. Mm-hmm. So it is a free speech issue. The idea of firing somebody because you found out they donated to a political cause you don't agree in, yeah. that is, uh, at least culturally, a stifling of free speech. Well, and it's it's also just immoral. It's militant. It's ugly. It's... Uh, it's intolerance, and it's it's an adolescent rejection that anybody can think differently than me and lashing out in anger that they do. 
And and I know a lot of you youngsters have been convinced by Howard Zinn and your teachers and your professors and all that anybody who disagrees with you is a subhuman um, and, and, and should be punished and hurt. Uh, you really, really, really need to study history and understand that rhetoric is straight out of the mouths of, of the worst human beings who've ever trod the planet. Well, we got to mention that today, Joe Biden said President Trump is a racist. A racist got elected president in this country for the first time, he said. Well, if, if, you, if you are going to listen to the leader of your side, if you believe the president is a racist, I can see why you'd think it's a problem. 44% of Americans under 30 support firing executives if they donate to Trump. This share declines to half of that among those over 55 years old, um, although still that 22% is awfully high. An age gap also exists for Biden donors, but is less pronounced. 27% of Americans under 30 support firing executives who donate to Biden. And 20 uh, points uh, over 55 uh, you people who think somebody ought to be fired for donating to a political campaign. How did I come to know my bosses donated money to a political campaign? I don't care. Well, I don't want to know about it. Well, because you're doing the equivalent of political doxing. Of well, them. I understand. You're pouring over the lists and you're hunting down the unbelievers. You people are f- you're, you're, you're fundamentalists. How about if they just donate to any politician, regardless of party? I I don't like that you donated money to the political uh, machine. I've never donated a nickel to a politician, and I doubt that I ever will. Nearly a third of employed Americans say they personally are worried about missing out on career opportunities or losing their job if their political opinions become known. About a third. Um... Let's see, and that includes 34% of conservatives, 30% of moderates, 31% of liberals. I would suggest that is heavily dependent on where you live. If you live in, I don't know, urban areas are becoming so increasingly liberal, but if you live in in West Texas, yeah, you probably shouldn't go around spouting that you love Bernie. Um, It's probably not going to help your career there at the rodeo. (laughs) In the same way... (laughs) That there are millions of conservatives in the San Francisco Bay Area, Portland, Seattle, you know, the the usual suspects, Austin, even Austin, Texas, who who do not want to say, I can't wait till Mike Pompeo runs for president because I'll vote for him. Um, and uh, this cuts across various uh, ethnicities. Um, it's highest. Well, it's almost a tie between Hispanic Americans and white Americans, which is interesting. Um People with the highest levels of education are the most concerned about losing their jobs or opportunities. Um, I think the rest of these statistics just reinforce what we've already been talking about. Although it is, uh, and listen, part of this is has always been true, and part of what I'm about to say is more true than ever. And that's young people are especially adamant or militant and and swept up with fervor that anybody against them is evil. It's always been true. That's why every dictator, every every political movement always tries to recruit the young, because they will do your bidding, they will swig down the Kool-Aid, and they will go crazy following your, your lead. But, uh, well, you know, may you live in interesting times. We sure do. Am I correct? The Major League Baseball season starts today? It does. The crack of the bat. The roar of the canned crowd. Uh, yeah, we got some info on how that's going to look on TV if you're watching any of the games or listening to that sort of thing. And um, a couple of the rules changes and all that sort of stuff that are kind of entertaining, including what they're allowed to put on their uniforms or masks or whatever. Uh, stay tuned for all that. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. In my mind, you know, there's something great about opening day, albeit this year in July, that um, is important to celebrate and appreciate. And uh, while we're desperately trying to go out and get a victory and win the game and, and play well, I do think it's important to celebrate um, that day um, as a sport and, and, you know, as a country. All right. Uh, how, so the manager of the New York Yankees. How is it with athletes and uh, coaches and managers who, who, are, who become experts in the art of, uh, I will fill a number of seconds with this answer without saying anything so I don't cause any problems? Um, Who was that? Joe Torre? Who's the manager of the Yankees? Uh, Aaron Boone. Ah. Uh, I'm sorry, A.A. Ron Boone. Aaron. (laughs) I have a a reasonably positive thing to say about what you just asked me. You should be the answer. Everybody gets it. I'm going to repeat myself and stammer a bit and fill the time. They're calling it a 60-day sprint to the... A 60-game sprint to the title because of the shortened season. 60 games is a lot of games. Yeah, it is. um, It's a lot less than they usually play. 162, if you're not a fan of baseball. and (laughs) So many. Yeah. I I heard a very (laughs) eloquent explanation of why they play so many games. To make money? (laughs) No, not exactly. Just because of the nature of the game and how every pitcher is different, all your starting pitchers, it takes more experiments to figure out who's actually the best team because every pitcher who takes the mound, you have a different team. True that. Uh, still a hell of a lot of games. <laughs> um, And there are some rules changes, as we've talked about. Uh, Hungry lions roaming the outfield. Exactly. It's going to be so exciting. I know. You have to have at least one child as a reliever. Uh, some of the no new older rules. than thirteen. You might want to look these up. I'm not sure. They're no all... suspiciously large Dominican children either. We're doing, child. We're doing tests. The Yankees and Nationals are playing each other tonight in what is considered the marquee matchup, as the Nationals won the World Series last year, and you can expect to see Black Lives Matter stenciled on the pitcher's mound before the games, because that is a thing this year. I guess. Oh boy. Uh, Major League Baseball is, get me started. is giving teams the option to have Black Lives Matter stenciled, stenciled on the pitcher's mound. Um, so you can expect to see a lot of that. I have it on reasonably good authority that the league is making it optional that, uh, and, and I should say leagues, the NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, optional for referees and umpires and all to wear a Black Lives Matter patch. And one NBA uh, referee was quoted as saying, "Oh God, right? If I'm if I'm if I'm an umpire or I'm whatever, I'm thinking, don't make it optional. Say out loud, I'm not allowed to, and then I just don't have to worry about it. Because once you make it optional, okay, now I've got to take a stand, and some people are going to be looking at me and making decisions based on. And I'm going to have to explain to every single player there on the hardwood. Listen, I believe Black Lives Matter." But I hate communism, and the organization of that name was founded by Marxists, so I can't wear the patch. You have to explain that over and over again. Nice position to put your referees in. Uh, There is another option, though. It's like Together We Stand or something like that that's a little more innocuous. And, of course, several San Francisco Giants players and the manager knelt during the national anthem uh, in practice, a practice scrimmage this week, and that might continue through the season, too, so... Great. Some, some politics in the uh, the grand old game, the national pastime. I hate it. You hate it. Everybody hates it. I kind of understand it. Um, and I don't want to take your time. Did you have something else you want to talk about? 
I know sports guys, and I'm a sports fan, and I do this for a living. And the one thing I can tell you about sports is, A, there's a, a legacy of racism, um, including, you know, fairly recently in some ways. but um, And they barely understand the issues. They're sports guys. All they know is they're not supposed to be racist. And so, given their very... Hmm, I don't want to be demeaning here. Well, maybe I do want to be demeaning. Let's see how it goes. Given their... <laughs> Given their very dopey, oversimplified understanding of the issues, they go way to the side of political correctness just to make sure they don't accidentally say something they're not supposed to say because they don't know what they're supposed to say. They don't understand the issues. And so these leagues go way too far to make the game political now. I don't even think they understand if I were to tell, uh, how many NBA owners know that the organization Black Lives Matter was founded by Marxists and is avowedly Marxist? How many even know that? The owners? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. How many general managers? How many players? How but many if, coaches? But if I'm a color commentator for whatever sport it is, because I was, you know, really good there in the 90s, right. and so now I'm there giving... Uh, why am I expected to have the proper commentary on uh, politics? That's not my wheelhouse. Right. And for a lot of people, they've never paid attention to it. They don't have to pay attention to yeah. it. And for the history of the Republic, the answer was, look, we just play games here. Don't ask me about politics. Don't tell me about politics. Don't ask me to put political patches on a uniform. We play games here. And that was a great answer, and it was absolutely fine. If the players want to say anything they want in their free time, by God, I support their right to do that. You know, I, it may m- m- might make me more or less uh, fond of you as a player, but you understand that. You're a grown person. You can make that decision. But for it to be on the field, on the uniforms, during the broadcast and all, no, I can't, I can't take it. We've got to get at this uh, to, at some point. John Muir, considered by some to be the father of the environmental movement. That's why we have national parks and all that sort of stuff. Well, right. he's, he's about to get canceled because of his racist views in the 1800s. He was one of the greatest heroes of mankind five minutes ago right? because he founded the environmental movement. But now he's got to go. Statues need to come down. Names come off forests, etc., etc. Sorry, John. So, You've been canceled. More on that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. 
Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.